Welcome beyond the neutral zone. I am Brandon, joined by my good friends Tanner and Ben. Today is Monday, February 12th. We are a day removed from the Super Bowl. I still don't know what number that Super Bowl was that we just had. It was 50-something. Seven. 57? Maybe. Okay, gotcha. All right. Well, anyway, the 49ers win. Final score of 25 to 22. Is that correct? I think that's right. 25-22. Anyway. 25-22. Yes. In overtime. Now, we're going to get to the important business first. How many times did we see Taylor Swift during the game? Mm. Yes. Dan, you want to take this one? It probably ended up being around 11. It was... In all honesty, it should have been like five. It should have been. I was okay with it like five times. But then they just started showing her for no reason. And the one that caused them to the eighth one, the Chiefs didn't even have the ball. The 49ers had the ball and they showed her biting her nails up in the faint, up in the dad gum bleachers. I'm sure she's happy. Bleachers? I mean, it's a stadium. She wasn't sitting in bleachers. He he definitely wasn't sitting in the bleachers. The only time. I got, look, like, all the times that they showed Taylor, like, none of it was, like, whatever. The only time, bro, that I got, like, a little pissed off when they showed her, literally, the game-winning touchdown to win the Chiefs the Super Bowl, the next thing they cut to is Taylor Swift in the box, That bro. is a little annoying. That's the only time that I was like, you've got to be kidding me. Show the sideline. It wasn't even show the sideline. It wasn't show Pat celebrating. It wasn't none of that. The next thing you show right after the game-winning touchdown is Taylor Swift in the box. That's the only time that I got frustrated. Yeah. I didn't even care about how much she was on the screen. It was when they decided to show her because it was just completely random moments. It wasn't even after Travis Kelsey caught a pass. It wasn't after like a big touchdown or, or other yeah. than the last touchdown. It was literally just completely random moments. They're like, oh, yeah, hey, look, Taylor Swift is still here. All right, let's go back to the game. Now. Yeah, I think I saw something where it said. I don't even know if Travis yeah. Kelsey had eight catches in the game. Oh, he did. He did. He had eight, sec- eight catches just in the second half. Well, yeah, because he had zero in the first. He had one for one yard. <laughs> Get it right. Anyway, I think I saw something where it said, like, she had, like, 50, 53 or 57 seconds of air time during the Super Bowl. So I can live with that. Yeah. I mean, so the, the, I, I'm not even as frustrated with the game-winning play like you were talking about because when that happened, I was just basically walking out the door already. I didn't really care anymore. The one I was frustrated with was – I don't think it was overtime. I think it was the fourth quarter when Patrick Mahomes scrambled for a huge third down where they needed like eight yards and he got like 15 yards on a scramble. And they showed Taylor Swift and she acted like she was like fainting. Like, I didn't used to see that. So there was like a huge Patrick Mahomes scramble. It didn't even involve Travis Kelsey at all. You hear about the one on third down? One of the guys that he made. Yeah. That was the overtime drop. Was it overtime? Okay. I think that was the overtime drop. If if, if it is, either way. They cut to Taylor Swift. I think it was in the fourth quarter. Either way, they cut to Taylor Swift. And Taylor Swift is like, got her hand on her heart and is like gasping. And like, is acting like she's about to faint. And I'm like, what in the world? Like, that's just for show. Like, come on. Come on. That's for show. What are you doing? Taylor, you're on air. Yeah, that was a bit ridiculous. But anyway, other than that, I wasn't really annoyed with it. It was fine. Which, of course, I wasn't annoyed with it because I was rooting for it every single time. I was like a Swifty at that point. I was like, let's go. We saw her again. Show her. Show her. After we hit, after we hit eight, we were like, get her off the screen. <laughs> yeah. 
what's what's that is funny because both the ones that me and Tanner say we're annoyed with were the ones that we'd already hit the point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I'm not even annoyed at the fact that she was showing that much. I'm just annoyed when they decided to show her. <laughs> They're just the absolute most random moments. Yes. Oh, man. All right, so let's get to the game now. Obviously, the Chiefs win the game. Tanner, what did the Chiefs do right in this game that put them in position to win this game? See, the thing I, I want to say, I want to say second half adjustments, but at the same time, I mean, their first drive of the game, they almost fumbled on the first play. I'm pretty sure it was Isaiah Pacheco, right? He almost fumbles on the first play. And then that's the, that's the series that Pat threw the interception. So, I mean, I just. Are you saying the first drive of the, the first drive half? of the second half? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Cause I was going to say, you know, obviously, I do think they did make, they obviously made adjustments at halftime that helped, but honestly, man, like, it's just Patrick Mahomes being Patrick Mahomes, man. Like, that's, to be honest, like, I know you don't want to hear this, but like, that, that's what this game came down to. And Valdez and Kadarius Tony, they stepped up. Kadarius Tony didn't play. As well. Do what? Kadarius Tony didn't play. No, not Kadarius Tony. Who am I? Who am I? It was Michael Hartman. Yeah, uh, Michael Hartman. Thank you. I mean, both of them, both of them had, had dropped, both of them had had, you know, dropped, and they stepped up when they needed to in the biggest game of the season. So, like, yeah, I would say if we're talking, well, we're talking positives at first. So that was probably the two to three main positives that I noticed. I've got a lot more to say about the negatives, but the positives, like, those are the right. three biggest ones in my personal opinion Ben, i don't have a lot of positives the same for the chiefs honestly because really they didn't impress me that much the one thing that i'll say is patrick mahomes didn't lose the game so that's positive for him i guess and then their defense absolutely balled out help like I don't know how many yards Christian McCaffrey had, but he didn't have like a huge game on the ground. Like, he had eighty on him. She had eighty yeah. rushing, eighty <laughs> which sounds like a ton. But if you actually watched it, it would they contained him as well he as had you to, can. He had to yeah. fight for every single yard yeah. he got. He got the max amount of yards on every play that he possibly could, and still only had eighty rushing, eighty receiving. So. Yeah. I mean, he's a baller, but they did a good job of stopping him the best they could. And then they shut down, well, not completely, but they pretty much shut down Debo and Brandon Ayuk in the receiving game as well. Like, their their secondary and their linebackers were all just shut down. And then Chris Jones was a man also. So pretty much most of my praise is just their defense. Their defense stepped up when they needed to. So, yeah. Yeah, positives for me. I'll I'll agree with Ben. The Chiefs defense played well. My, I can't believe I left their defense out. Like on the the other positives that I'll say is Harrison Butker. Harrison Butker is good as he always is. Clutch never misses. I disagree with Tanner on Patrick Mahomes doing Patrick Mahomes things. I didn't see very many Patrick Mahomes things in this game. I mean, I what plays are you talking Bro, about? I have so. I mean. I, 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 he played awful all game and the fourth quarter, 
the the last drive of the fourth quarter, the 49ers started playing prevent defense with two and a half minutes to go in the game. Don't know what that's about. And then overtime, guys were just running, literally just weren't being guarded. And you get you try to put a linebacker guarding Travis Kelsey one on one running across the field. It, like, what are you doing, 49ers? Like, of course Travis Kelsey's gonna have eight yards of separation. Like, but I I'll get I'll get to, I got a lot of negatives for the 49ers. I will I'll wait to get to those. But anyway, but I I just Patrick Mahomes I, I'll I'll get to him for negatives in a second. But I I dis I'll just for the positives I'm going to disagree with Tanner on that. Other positives I I really don't have any. It's just the defense and Harrison Butker. I mean that's that's literally it. You won a Super Bowl off of a defense and a kicker. I mean. Good, good job, defensive kicker. Good job, but it, man, it leaves a bad taste in the mouth as an NFL fan when they, when you win off a defense and a kicker. But anyway, let's go negatives now. I'll just go ahead and start with my negatives for the Chiefs since I'm since I'm talking. Negative number one, Travis Kelsey, really, really just was struggling, struggling, struggling. Couldn't get open. They were doubling him pretty much the whole first half, which is it's it's tough. You know, you're being doubled, but typically Travis Kelsey gets open anyway. And he didn't. The second half, they stopped doubling. He got a little bit of space. I don't know. What, I was still, well, again, I'll get to the 49ers negatives. It's going, I'm going to be talking for a long time on that. Travis Kelsey struggled a lot in this game. And then just screaming and pushing your head coach on, on the most viewed televised thing in the entire world. I mean, not the smartest move in the world, dude. I mean, come on. I, I'm not going to crucify him for it. I know emotions run high. Like, I get it. I get emotional too with competitive situations. But I mean, this one, you know, the cameras are on you, bro. Like, there's kids all across the country are watching this. Okay, get a hold of yourself. Negative, for, negatives for Patrick Mahomes. Dude, looked flustered, looked scared to death the whole game. Just throwing balls up to literally nothing. I mean, the interception obviously was really bad, but I'm talking about more than just the interception. There was there was a play where he was getting sacked. And he literally threw it in the middle of the field where there were only 49ers players. There, how intentional? You know what I'm talking about? I don't know how there was an intentional grounding on that play. There was no Chiefs player within 20 yards of that football. And he, he was doing stuff like that the whole game. Looks absolutely terrified. Now, give credit to the 49ers pass rush in those situations. They were getting to him. I, again, I got more things to say about 49ers defense. Just wait for the negatives on 49ers. I'll, I'm going to be going. So other negatives, I, I don't know if there's really much else negatives I can give for any other Chiefs players because my expectations really were not very high for anybody else. It's really just Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. It's not like I expected much from Rasheed Rice or Marcus Valdez-Scantling. Like, I, I didn't expect a whole lot from those guys. So I can't really say much about the, all that. So I'll just basically, it, it's, it, it basically just comes down to Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. They just, they didn't have a good game. What you're allowed to do. You're allowed to have bad games. But anyway, that's pretty much it. What about you, Ben? Yeah, my negatives are pretty much exactly the same as Brandon's, but to elaborate more, like, what Travis Kelsey did, pushing Andy Reid just because you're mad, like, dude, that is 100% unacceptable. I understand it's the Super Bowl. Like, you're frustrated. You have one catch for one yard. Like, you're going to be mad. I get it. Even if you want to yell at a guy, go yell at a dude. Andy Reid is twice his age, bro. Maybe, probably more than twice. Andy Reid is 65. Okay. So Travis Kelsey's like, what, 30? Yeah, that's okay. So 30 strength. Yeah. yeah. 
So literally like twice his age. And, and, and Reed looks really old for sixty five. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that's, he, that's like he, he, he could have easily could, knocked him up. Yeah, he couldn't and, put down. And it would have hurt very badly. Yeah. And I didn't even know this about it. Like they asked Andy Reed and Travis Kelsey about it after the game and they both kind of joked about it and knocked played it off. Andy Reed apparently had hip surgery recently. And was like, oh, he knew that I had hip hurt surgery recently, so he was bumping me to test me. And, uh, oh, God. Uh, uh, dude, that makes it even worse. Like, if, if your head coach had just a 65 year old man just had hip surgery and you're over there like full body checking him pretty much, like, that's just unacceptable. But negatives, I'm not even going to really say Patrick Mahomes' play was a negative. He was being pressured a lot and, if they're doubling Travis Kelsey, they just really don't have any other True. playmakers to get open. So I think for the most part, he did what he could. The one interception that he had was an awful throw. That was so bad. Just completely sold it over Travis Kelsey's head. But then the other negative was actually one of their biggest plays of the game. It was like a 60. It was in between like 50, 60 yard pass <laughs> that should have been intercepted. And then. Everything that we mentioned has a 49ers negative in it just because there were so many of them. But the safety literally just completely lost the ball. And it was like, where is it at? Where is it at? And then dropped right over his head. And Marcus Valdez can't like that. Was, right. That one, I have a hard time saying that was a Patrick Mahomes negative, because although it should have been intercepted, because it was just a well-disguised defense. That was a perfectly, that safety was down low. And then after Patrick Mahomes had already released the ball, all of a sudden, that guy just had had been dropping back the whole time, and Patrick Mahomes didn't see it. Yeah. I don't know if that's a Patrick Mahomes negative. I think that was just a 49ers positive as far as the play call there. And then the safety just didn't make the play where he was where he was in the right spot. He just he just he just didn't make a play. But anyway, so I have a hard time making but, that one a Patrick Mahomes um, negative. I guess one of my positives for the Chiefs should have been that they really didn't have that many negatives, and that's. Why they ended up winning three? They had less negatives. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Tanner, what's your Chiefs negatives? Yeah, I I completely disagree with you about the Patrick Mahomes take. Like, I'm not saying he played. I'm definitely not saying he played good all game. Like, especially yeah. that first half. The first half was terrible. But I mean, to say his play was a negative, like I I completely disagree with that. I mean, but, uh, what plays are you thinking about that he did well? I'll, I'll get to that in the MVP. I'll get to okay. that in the MVP. So now the the Chiefs' offensive line, especially in the first half, I mean, I literally said that the 49ers, one of my bold predictions was that they were going to have five sacks. They obviously didn't have five sacks, but they were doing a fantastic job putting pressure. They weren't over-pursuing. Very good job putting pressure on him. So, And that was, honestly, that in my opinion, that was one of the keys for success for the 49ers if they were going to win this game. And they achieved that in the first half, not as much in the second half. They were still able to get pressure on him, but I mean, Pat's just making Patrick yeah. Mahomes plays with his legs that we've seen all season. So, I mean, I just, well, not, not all season this year, but you know what I'm trying to say. But yeah, the, the Chiefs offensive line, Travis Kelsey in the first half. I mean, I don't know if it was as much a coverage or if they just weren't running as many design plays kind of a situation like with the 49ers and Kittle and that the Chiefs were kind of doing in the first half but yeah I definitely 
I definitely look at that as a negative. Other than that, like I really don't, I really don't think there's too many negatives other than those two things. At least uh, not off the top of, at least not off the top of my head. Yeah, the the pat the the Travis Kelsey thing. I mean, I personally think that was too much. Like you can't look, you can't do that, man. Like you just you can't. I understand it, like you know him being upset that he wasn't in because apparently he was upset that he wasn't in that in that play. Yeah, where, where Isaiah Pacheco fumbled yeah, the ball. He it's was like, upset that he wasn't in that play. had nothing to do with the play. He was telling yeah. And to put him in. Like, I just... That's ridiculous. Yeah, it's not... Look, man. He like, was just pissed the whole game. The whole first half. He was pissed. And he was taking it out on that. Well, yeah. That, right? I... Yeah. yeah. I don't know, man. Like, I, I just... That's not a good look for no. Travis. I personally think if the Chiefs would have lost the game, it would be blowing up more than it is. Yeah. I think if the, if the Chiefs lost the game... Well, if that, that would be if they lost the game, massive conversation. I mean, going in. I mean, Andy Reid wouldn't be able to laugh it off as much as he can now. Well, that that's what I'm yeah, saying. Exactly. Like it would have, yeah, like it would it would have been like it, a whole off season. Yeah, it, yeah, it's a very good thing that with some when something like that happened, they won the game. Because I mean, I'm still seeing people talk about it and people kind of, you know, jabbing Travis Kelsey for it, but at the same time, like. At the same time, I mean... The only reason why it's not a bigger deal than it is, one, they won the game. Yeah. But two, he's Taylor Swift's boyfriend. So he's he's going to get defended a lot. I don't even think it's that, honestly. Oh, I, I don't think it's that. I think that plays a part into it. But I think a lot of it... I think a lot of it is stemming from the relationship that Andy Reid and Travis Kelsey have. Oh, of course. I think that's what... which. Look, man, like, I, I'm sorry. I don't care what relationship we have, dude. Like, if somebody, like, screams in my face and, like, shut, like, nah, bro. Yeah. Like, I'm not, I don't yeah. care if we're the closest of friends. You're still not disrespecting yeah. me like that. It's on national TV yeah. in the Super Bowl. Especially if you have the position of head coach, like yeah. Andy like Reid does. Even if they were equals. Let's say Travis Mahomes, uh, Travis Kelsey was doing Travis Mahomes. If Travis Kelsey did that to Patrick Mahomes, I that I, that would be terrible too. But this is even worse. It's your literally your head coach. Yeah. On a na the biggest nationally televised event. Yeah, I mean I mean it's just yeah, that that is a absolutely I, terrible look. I don't know how I didn't mention this in the Chiefs positives. That's my bad. Andy Reid is the best coach. It, I'm willing to say ever. Definitely right now, but I'm willing to say ever. He's great, so there's no doubt in that. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Now, one thing I will say negative for Andy Reid, it like look, and he he was this way with the Eagles too, but not quite as much as he is with the Chiefs now. I am all for player empowerment, like letting them speak their minds, and I want to hear their ideas. If they've got a complaint, if I'm the coach, I want to hear what they're complaining about. I want to hear what they're upset about. But Andy Reid seems to let the players run the show a little too much, like. He, he he lets them get away with murder. Like I I on I don't care if it's Travis Kelsey or not. If I'm under the opinion that tra if Travis Kelsey does that to a head coach, Travis Kelsey even say what you're about to say. He is benched. He's benched. He's not going back in the game. Maybe maybe after a whole quarter. 
Maybe after one quarter, I'll put him back in, but he's not going in for at least one quarter. Like, you cannot allow the inmates to run the asylum. Not, not in the Super Bowl. You can't. Do, I disagree with you. You can't do it. Not in the Super Bowl. Look, I mean, it's just about showing who is in charge. If you do that, you're letting him know he's in charge, and he he is not in charge. You've got to let him know, I am in charge of this game. You are not. Except you do that and you lose the game, the owner is firing you. So you I don't know. The, uh, if the owner, they understands the head coach has got to keep. If the if the head coach loses control, loses control of his team, he's going to get fired anyway. So you okay. cannot lose control of your team. You can't do it. Like I, I that's unacceptable to me. And I, the only reason why I'm not saying the whole game is because it is the Super Bowl, and like he's not going to get a chance to redeem himself the next game. So his only chance is to do it in this game. So I'll let him come back in after a quarter or so, but at, at least the whole next drive. He's maybe I'll, I'll I could hear you saying, let him sit one drive and let him sulk over there. Sit him the rest of halftime. Don't sit him for a whole quarter. There was like a few minutes. There was like yeah, a whole drive. Just like one whole drive, maximum like eight minutes just, left in the half. Just un- whatever the amount is that makes Travis Kelsey know that that's unacceptable. Then that's fine. The one I think one drive may be long enough for Travis Kelsey to understand. Like okay, okay. I, I I can't be that dumb. Another negative I have for the Chiefs is that, I mean, Isaiah Pacheco did absolutely nothing. I, that dude was non-existent. Yes. I, I, how did I forget? That? Because he didn't do anything. That's exactly. He was completely, <laughs> you're completely right, dude. I expected so much more from Isaiah Pacheco in this game. I'm not even necessarily disappointed in Isaiah Pacheco. They just didn't even really try to get him yeah, involved. They didn't run it very much. You're right. Yeah. And they didn't give him any like screen passes or receiving work either. It was literally just however many carries he got, and then, but yeah, yeah, okay. Let's get to Patrick Mahomes wins the MVP. Tanner, I know we you we've already talked you already talked positive about Patrick Mahomes, but you're the one that's positive for Patrick Mahomes in this game. So why did he deserve the MVP? So he deserve, in my opinion, he deserved the MVP. Just off the last two drives, by far. Just off the last two drives. Okay. I'm not saying like I, I'm not saying that he played good in the first half. Okay. He he did not play good in the first half. Okay. I thought he played worse in the second half than the no, first half. But no, by far, no, he did not. I saw worse in the I saw half. the ball just sailing all over Dude, the place. Okay. Can can I talk? Yeah, so go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. So if you break down, if you break down those last two drives. Those last two drives were Brady-esque game-winning drives, bro. By far, they they were Brady-esque. There's some kind of catch coming in this. Anyway, if I could please finish, I'm letting you go. Go ahead. Okay. So, like, it, and it's not th- these weren't one. These weren't one play. These weren't two play. These weren't shot plays. They were nothing. These were long, methodical drives. Okay, like. These last two, I mean, even on the, even on the fourth and one, okay, the fourth and one that he converted with his legs to keep the game. I mean, we all know nobody's touching that ball instead of Patrick Mahomes. Like the third and eight that you're talking about, the 15, I mean, he led the entire, like he led the Chiefs in rushing. Over 50 of those rushing yards that he had were just fourth quarter and overtime yards. So, and I mean, even the decisions that he was making. I legit, unless I'm missing something, I cannot think of one bad throw that he made on those final two drives. I legitimately can't. Like, when it, it, honest, in my opinion, this is how 
it's the it's the drives like this. It's those kind of drives that I put quarterbacks personally under a microscope. That those are the kind of drives that that take you from being a great quarterback or take you from being a good quarterback to a fantastic quarterback or a top three, top five, like one of those top three quarterbacks in the NFL. Like this game further, and look, I am not, you guys know how I view Patrick Mahomes, okay? I'm not a massive Patrick Mahomes fan, but look, I'm giving credit where credit is due, okay? Like, I'm not so sure with the offense that the Chiefs had, you could put any other quarterback in that situation and they win that game. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I mean, every, and even his Super Bowl, like, Every Super Bowl that he's won so far, he's come back from he's come back from a ten a ten point deficit in every single Super Bowl that he's won. I heard this stat earlier; it absolutely blew my mind. Okay, coming it with ten point. Let me see. I actually wrote it down. Hang on. I actually wrote it down. Hang on one second, because I knew that I would. I knew that I would end up dropping this on the podcast. Okay, playoff games down by seven in the second half. Okay, this is just playoff games in the NFL. Patrick Mahomes is nine and two. The next closest one is Brady at 10 and 11. Like, and we saw that once again, we saw that once again here. Like, I just, it's these kind of, it's these kind of drives. And like I said, these aren't shot plays. These aren't a Travis Kelsey breaking a 60 yard touchdown. This isn't, you know, Scantling catching a 60-yard bomb. Like, no, these are slow, methodical drives with Patrick Mahomes making good decisions, making plays with his legs to extend drives. I mean, literally, I think the first two plays of the fourth quarter drive drives were like long third and eight completions that he that he made play. Like, we're talking third and sevens, third and eights. Like, look, man, like. It's special. Like, I, I don't like even the staunches, which I know you guys are going to, even the staunches, like Patrick Mahomes hater, you have to give credit where credit is due on this, man. I'm not saying he's the GOAT. I'm not saying that. I'm not even breaching that subject because we all know how I feel about the, the true GOAT. Okay. But those are the kind of, those are the kind of performances when you have to put points on the board. Like, I just, that's what I truly value in a quarterback of, of that caliber. Okay. Ben, well, you, so now that still makes you probably don't think he deserves the MVP, but if he doesn't, who do you think did deserve the MVP? I wish the Chiefs whole defense could just win MVP. Like, I wish that would be like, just give the defense the MVP, honestly. But if I had to pick two specific people on the defense that stood out to me the most, but it was Legarius Sneed and Chris Jones. Sneed did play. Because Legarius Sneed, there were multiple times where they were trying to get Debo or Brandon Ayuk involved, and Legarius Sneed just comes out of nowhere at the last second just to smack the ball away. And like it wasn't even like he gave them a chance to catch it or play through them to get the ball. He perfectly went around them, no chance of pay, pass interference, P.I., literally just smacked the ball away before it even got to their hands. And that's just straight lockdown defense on two of the best receivers in the league, which I personally don't like Debo that much, but there is still no denying that he is one of the best receivers in the league. And then Brandon Ayuk is a very good route runner, and he just shut him down sometimes as well. 
And then Chris Jones was just so disruptive in the rushing game. Like he made Christian McCaffrey work for absolutely everything. There were multiple times he just blew up the play completely. And there were multiple passes in the game that Brock Purdy just had to get rid of or throw it up somewhere because Chris Jones was just right there immediately. So it was, I don't know. I would say Chris Jones had the bigger overall impact, but it was because Legereus Need only got a few opportunities, if that makes sense. Like corner, you don't always get an opportunity to make a play, but the yeah. plays that he had opportunities to make, Legereus Need made those plays. And Chris Jones was disruptive in basically every play that he could be. So both of those are a toss-up. Patrick Mahomes, let's be honest, he won it because he was the quarterback of the winning team. And it was he didn't do anything wrong. And Tanner, to to push back like on what you said a little bit, I actually I think Patrick Mahomes is one of if not the best, just like everybody else, obviously. Even if you don't like him, you have to admit that. And he's at least top two quarterback all time. Like, already he is. But whoever you have at one or two or three, whatever, he's he's at least in that top three, I'll say. But he didn't do anything this game that impressed me other than not trying to do too much. And normally when he does try to do too much, it's actually impressive and it works out. But this game, he didn't even really try to do too much, especially on those last two drives. because He made the plays that needed to be made. Yeah, like, but that it wasn't anything impressive. So now we're I, cru- okay. So now we're cru- so now we're crucifying Ben. Him. Ben, I, ben, okay, ben, I, saying that's a go good. Ahead. Yeah, I'm not saying that that's a bad thing. I'm not crucifying for making the plays that he needed to be made. I, I, that's what I just said. Like he didn't try to do too much. That is a good thing. But the fact I'm not going to sit here and praise him like he's the best quarterback in the world because of those last two drives. Like he didn't do anything special those last two drives. He just just checked it down, checked it down, checked it down, and the defense just played in the end zone the whole time. They might as well had all 11 guys in the end zone at the beginning of every play. It would have worked better than what they did. So, my goodness, it was... But, so, I'm not going to sit here and hate on Patrick Mahomes for those last two drives and be like, oh, he didn't do anything, blah, blah, blah. Like, he did what the defense gave him, and as a quarterback, that's all you really can do. And if it's any other bro, if it's Josh Allen that done that, you guys are on our team right now. Yes, bro. Yes, bro. I know what. And even even when he took off and ran with it, like it was just a big pocket, and then everyone else was twenty yards down. When Josh Allen gets those rushing yards, when when Josh Allen gets those kind of rushing yards, he's having to run people over, bro. It hurts people. I let I didn't finish. Let me finish. If there was a QB spy on the play and then he managed to juke the dude out and get around him or run him over and keep going, like that would be impressive. He didn't do he literally just took what was there, slid. So I Okay, so would you have read so let me finish, bro. (laughs) I am giving him credit for doing what he was supposed to, but I have a problem with the defense. Like he didn't do enough for me to say that he was MVP. 
because he didn't like he wasn't even pushed yeah to do so that's what you're saying he didn't single-handedly carry that offense like he normally has to normally he does single-handedly carry the offense and that's why he has won mvp so much is because normally he is the entire offense he's making those insane plays but he didn't need to in that lot those last few drives you don't have a 15 play seven and a half minute drive without your quarter like come on no, can no, we no, no, the, guys can hold we, on a second hold like, on a second 15 on, play seven and a half minute drives don't happen because of great quarterbacks they happen because of terrible defense that's how long how long okay there has to be but hold on, hold on, okay so let me go now i'm not gonna trash on patrick mahomes anymore the last, I'll, I'll just say this about the last two drives. When it comes to the last two drives, I'll get to that when we go when we're talking about Forty Matters negatives. Okay, we'll we'll get to that. I, it's more about the Forty Matters than it is about the Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes didn't do anything wrong. The, we'll get there on the Forty Matters negatives. I personally don't think I can give MVP to any offensive player on the Chiefs. The entire regulation of the entire football game, they scored one touchdown. That's just terrible offense. Nobody can get an MVP off that. Period. It's not acceptable. And defense, I can't give an MVP to anybody on defense just because I don't think any individual player really just shut everything down themselves. I think it was an incredible team effort, like Ben was saying. You, and you can't give MVP to a whole unit like that. So my MVP is going to Harrison Butker in regulation. He made four field goals. Multiple multiple of them were very long field goals. All of them were perfect. One of them was a terrible snap and a late put down on a hold, and he still drilled it. I mean, dude was perfect, literally perfect, and he is the reason that that team won the game. He is the MVP, but they're never going to give him MVP. You can literally make the exact same argument for the 49ers. No, they lost because of a mixed extra point. Because of a mixed extra point. That never happens with Harrison Butker, okay? That's the lead, the re, that we'll get to that on the negatives. Harrison Butker was the MVP of this game. He was the most valuable player. Without Harrison Butker, the Chiefs lose the game. Period. And, and if you want to give MVP to the holder, I'll, I'll give the, I'll give it to the holder too because that hold on that crazy long field goal was even more impressive than the kick. I mean, that was incredible, dude. Fantastic. That's the only really pushback I have against Harrison Butker winning it is that. In order for the kicker to win it, it has to be like a special teams. Yeah, unit. I mean that's true. Yeah, but but the kick. I mean, if, let's be honest. It, whoever wins kicker of the year every year in the NFL, like that whole unit, the whole that whole the snapper, the long snapper, the holder, like they all know that that's their award too. Like they, yeah. know, you know, so they they're 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 the unsung heroes of all the field goal units for sure. They do it. The holder is probably the most unsung hero ever on every football team, to be honest. But anyway, until they mess up, you make shit crucial. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. But anyway, I, I, I got to give it to Harrison Butker. I mean, dude just never misses, man. He just, he, I mean, it, I, he is, he's going to be the, he's going to be a Justin Tucker style career, man. Like he's just going to go on forever. He's just, he's still really young. He's going to be here for a long time. This is a tough game to get anybody an MVP just because I just don't think very many players played well. I, I, I just, I know a guy that deserves it. Yeah. We all know a guy that deserves it, but the, the, there weren't very many guys that you could even consider for in this game, to be honest. But that's the way it goes sometimes. Football is a weird sport, man. It's crazy. Anyway. All right. Let's move on. Let's go to the 49ers. And Ben, I'll let you go first since you just mentioned it. 49ers positives. You, you want to go with the, the big one there? The first guy? You want to take him? 49ers? I don't even know what... Oh, I thought you were talking about the obvious 
MVP candidate. Oh, yeah, I would. Yeah. Okay. So, Jawan Jennings absolutely pulled out this game. He he really did. Let's, if the 49ers won and anyone but Jawan Jennings won Super Bowl MVP, it's just rigged. Like, yeah. that's... But Jawan Jennings deserved to not only win this game, but win Super Bowl MVP as well. Like, he had a passing touchdown. The receiving touchdown that he had was better than the passing touchdown. Yeah. Let's talk about the passing touchdown for a second. It was a trick play, obviously. And they threw a screen, what looked to be a screen pass to him, but it was backwards. So he was eligible to throw it again. He holds on to it a little bit because he sees the defense coming towards him. Then makes pretty much a perfect throw to Christian McCaffrey on the other side of the field, leading him up the field as he's getting drilled. If that was Patrick Mahomes that made that play, it would have still been on Sports Center. Even if Patrick Mahomes lost, okay. it would have been on Sports Center. It's a little ridiculous. No, it's not. <laughs> if Patrick Mahomes makes a passing touchdown while he's getting drilled, even if they lose, they're showing it. The ball everywhere. was floating in the air for a long Okay. But it was it was still a really good pass as he's getting crushed. And then Christian McCaffrey did the rest, which I would say there wasn't a lot left to do, but he made a few guys miss on the way to the end. And he's so, just so fast. Yeah. But then the receiving touchdown was honestly even more impressive than that because he caught it with a dude on his hip, broke that tackle, and then still had another guy in between it. Now, I don't know what the other dude was doing. The other guy didn't even really try to tackle him. He didn't want any part of Jawan <laughs> He looked, he just saw Jawan Jennings' face and it terrorized him in fear. And Jawan Jennings just stepped into the end zone. So, Jawan Jennings deserved to win this game. He deserved to win MVP. Unfortunately, he didn't. Another positive for them was Christian McCaffrey. Christian McCaffrey literally did, even though the defense did a great job of containing him and make him work for everything, he still absolutely worked his butt off. He got the max amount of yards out of every touch that he got, which is just insane. Brock Purdy didn't play bad. He didn't play great. It was just, honestly... The Chiefs' defense was just locked down pretty much the whole game. So, as far as positives, Juwan Jennings, Christian McCaffrey, and then the defensive side of the ball, Bosa and Chase Young both got a lot of pressure. Other than that, I mean, Fred Warner played good enough throughout the game. He shut Travis Kelsey down, mostly in the first half, which he was being doubled quite a bit, but... One of those guys was pretty much always, wow, I completely forgot his name all of a sudden. I heard a little bit of rain outside and just completely threw my brain out of whack. Fred Warner, my goodness. So Fred Warner did a good enough job. That's pretty much all I have to say. I have a lot of stuff I want to say about the negatives, but that that's pretty much it for the positives. For okay. Well, I do want to say this also. I thought the kicker did a good job for being a rookie. I know he missed that one extra point, but he drained what would have been the longest field goal in Super Bowl history if Harrison Butker didn't turn right around the next drive and make an even longer field goal, <laughs> which is just insane. We had the two longest field goals in Super Bowl history in that game. Yes. Which, to be honest, I can't believe there haven't been longer field goals than that in the Super Bowl, to be honest. I mean, it's just a lot of nerves, I feel like. is why. I mean, those kicks aren't easy in general. Yeah. And then, like, if you're talking about nerves for a kicker, Kicking in the Super Bowl has got to be the biggest nerves ever. Yeah. So, well, so I thought he did overall good. Obviously, one crucial mistake, but I, overall, I thought he did pretty good. So, all right, Tanner, you want next? 49ers positives. I mean, there's 
There's not really much more to say. Ben pretty much covered it all. Christian McCaffrey played great, just going against that defensive line. I mean, 80, 80 rushing and 80 receiving guards is, I mean, that's a... Yeah, I, I'm sorry. If they won the game, Christian McCaffrey would have been in. No, it's not By far, no, he would have been. Yes, he would have been. Dude, no. Juan Jennings was... No, I'm not, say, I'm not saying he deserves it. I'm saying he would have It been. would have been Juwan I don't. I, I disagree. Juwan Jennings had a passing touchdown and receiving. I disagree. And locks it in. It, I disagree. It's locked in. But uh, I disagree with that person. Everybody in the entire world was saying Jawan Jennings deserved MVP. He deserved it, no, but I, I genuinely don't think that he was going to. But yeah, the only other thing, like, bro, everybody's crucifying Brock for that last throw that he made in the corner that I've seen before. The last, which I don't know, I don't know what throw you're talking about. Explain the one where Chris Jones is barreling down on him and he threw it off his back foot. Like, dude, no, I'm gonna take this. Yeah. Anybody who's bitching about that throw, I want you to put pads on, get behind that offensive line, have Chris Jones's 280, 300 pound high end run at you, and you try to throw a ball off your back foot and try to hit a try to hit somebody on the power. And it's either in that situation. Like, that ranger is that in That's hell. My goodness, bro. The whole the, our whole house is gonna come now. But anyway, so like in that situation, you're either taking a sack or throwing an interception or an incompletion. Pretty much, literally, yeah. that, like, that's your three options. Yes. So everybody, like, like, just shut up, bro. Literally, like, I know you can't hear me because of the hell, but just shut up, okay? Literally. All right. The one thing I have to say about that play specifically. Oh, hold on. Let's just relax for a second. Nobody's going to be able to hear us anywhere. That's a daggum tsunami out there. That's what that is. <laughs> so wild. And then, as soon as you get your phone to record it, just stop. 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 Well, that is crazy. All right. I think we're good now. All right. All right. Great. Anyway, going back to that play. Literally, the right guard and the right tackle apparently just got together before that snap, and it was like, hey, you know what would be a great idea this play? If we don't block Chris Jones. If we just let Chris Jones just run straight through. You mean right guard and right tackle? No, the right tackle is the one that missed the assignment. He was supposed... I don't know the reason. The right tackle went out to block an outside linebacker. But there was a tight end. The tight end was going on a route. The tight end was going on a route. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Was he? Yeah. yeah. So, so somebody right, screwed up. Yeah. But it was one of those two. The right guard and the right tackle literally just both went to go block other people. Which, to be honest, I don't blame. I don't want to block Chris Jones either. <laughs> I, I don't blame them for not wanting to block Chris Jones. But somebody has to do it. So literally, that play, Brock Purdy snaps the ball, and then Chris Jones is in his face immediately. So he did the best possible thing he could. He threw it up in a guy in a spot that if the guy realized what was happening, he threw it to an open spot on the field that the defense wasn't going to intercept it, but he gave his guy a chance to get it. Yeah. So if you're pissed about it, you take your ass on the field and you try to make that (laughs) throw with a 300 pound man barreling down on you. Okay. Apparently the power is out at my house. So my positives. That means it's going to be out. It. My positive for the 49ers, one, I'll, I'll talk about Juwan Jennings. Ben took most of it. Juwan Jennings Juwan. was the best player on the football field in this game today. I, Chris, no, Christian McCaffrey was the best player. 
Yeah. But Juwan Jennings was the most value. He was he was going to be the most valuable player of the game. But Christian McCaffrey was still the best player on the on the field. Yeah. But Juwan Jennings played out of his freaking mind in this game. And Tony Romo let out the Juwan Jennings chant. No, like the college football. No, he did not. Oh, we- Tony Romo probably doesn't know what that is. He probably doesn't. Anyway. Anyways, but we'll. I'll, we'll get to some more things when it comes to the negatives for the 49ers, but I will say this about Jawan Jennings. Jawan Jennings was the only like receiver on the 49ers that looked like he wanted to play football yesterday. Okay. Like he's like he, he was there and he was ready and he wanted it. And I don't think any of the other receivers did, but uh, more positives. Christian McCaffrey, like you were saying. He really had kind of a quiet day. He ended up with over 100 total yards, but it was kind of a quiet day. But every time he touched the ball, he got the most possible yards that he could have possibly gotten on that play. I completely agree with that. More positives. Nick Bosa and Chase Young both did a really good job of, and I've been preaching all year about mobile quarterbacks, don't over-pursue, don't over-pursue, don't over-pursue. They did a great job of not over-pursuing. Nick Bosa, Chase Young, Maybe, maybe they each over pursued maybe one time the whole game, and that's really impressive. That they did they did a really good job at that of containing the edges and not giving Patrick Mahomes those outside lanes. They did did a really good job of that. So the, those are big time positives for me. I'm also gonna give I'm gonna give Brock Purdy some big positives too, man. So Tanner was talking about how those last two drives for Patrick Mahomes being like the kind of drive that he judges people on. The, I, I'm taking Brock Purdy's last two drives, and I'm seeing a lot more big plays from him than I saw from Patrick Mahomes. Like I, several times, the Chiefs brought an all-out blitz on him, and he's running to his left, getting hit, and is just dumping the ball perfectly in stride to guys that he knows are wide open because of these blitzes that are coming. And he just he did a great job of getting the ball out and to where it needed to go every single time. The the last play that they were talking about a second ago near the red zone or near the end zone. That was just misassignments, man. Like, that has nothing to do with Brock Purdy. That's just misassignments from the offensive line. And we'll, I've got some more things to say about the offensive line when we get to the 49ers negatives. I I mostly agree with what you're saying about Brock Purdy. The only reason <clears throat> I didn't really mention that is because I feel like that was honestly very similar to how Patrick Mahomes was playing this game, too. You just expect Patrick Mahomes to be more of a playmaker. Yeah, than, well, but like... I, I already was taking what was given to him as well. I, I just think the plays that Brock Purdy were making were a lot harder plays. That's basically what I'm saying. Patrick Mahomes' plays, they were not hard plays. He was doing the right, he was making the right decisions, but the defense wasn't forcing him to make tough plays. Yeah. The Chiefs' defense was forcing Brock Purdy to make tough plays, and he was making them. Yeah. I, I think I'm done with my positives now. I really don't have, like Ben said, for a rookie kicker, the kicker did a good job. Can't can't crucify him too much for one for one mistake there. Okay, so now let's go to negatives for 49ers. Okay. And I'm gonna reference something off of one of my favorite podcasts that I listen to almost every single day when I use the line the uh, this is gonna be a longer section than the first part you guys heard. Okay. This is <laughs> this is uh, this is gonna be a while. Okay. Take it away. Negative. Go ahead first. First of all, first. First, mostly because I want you to make Tanner pissed, and then Tanner's going to yell at you for a while, and then I'm going to say what I need to have. First negative, I'm going to go going to church. Like, whatever Brandon says, I'm going to have to go to church. So, first negative for the 49ers, 
is I'm going to go the very top of the line, the top of the food chain, Kyle Shanahan. Right off the bat, number one, Kyle Shanahan, huge negative, huge. My opinion of Kyle Shanahan, his whole career, I, I have always said, like, especially like the past two or three years, I'm taking Kyle Shanahan as my head coach over everybody in the NFL if I'm talking about looking forward for the future. Andy Reid, I needed one season. I'm probably taking Andy Reid. But if I'm talking like if I, if I have an NFL team and I want a head coach, I'm probably taking Kyle Shanahan over everybody, okay? My opinion of a head coach has never taken a bigger drop from one game than what I saw in this game. This game right here, dude, there's something about Kyle Shanahan in, in these Super Bowl games, man, I don't understand what's going on with the Super Bowl. I don't know what's going on with these two having conversations while I'm trying to talk. I can't focus. What is going on, guys? This has been like 10 minutes of this. Ten minutes. Well, Kevin, you saw that before we even heard the hell for three seconds ago. Anyway, so Kyle Shanahan, these Super Bowl games, man, this is three now if you're including the offensive coordinator job with the, with the Falcons, where – He's looked like a genius all season long. And then when he gets into these games, he just falls apart, man. He just does stupid things. Makes uh, The play calling, he makes terrible play calls, but it's even more than the play calls. I'm talking time management. I'm talking just general game management. Everything is just abysmal from him in these Super Bowl games. And I don't understand why. Because throughout the whole season, he does a great job of that. And it's something about these Super Bowl games, man. He falls apart. I was... So the overtime coin toss, do you want me to add that to the negatives right now or do we want to talk about that later? Let's just throw it all in. Okay. So, so this is the biggest negative of the entire game. The most boneheaded coaching move I've ever seen in a football game ever. I'm not kidding. Ever. Ever, ever, ever. New overtime rules. Both teams get the ball whether they score a touchdown or not. 49ers win the coin toss. What does everybody always do? Every high school football game, every college football game where both teams are guaranteed to get the ball, you always choose to get the ball second, right? Yes, because that's common sense, analytics, math, whatever metric you want to look at, that's what you do every single time without even thinking about it. They choose to take the ball first. What? Excuse me? You're taking the ball first? Why? What are you doing, dude? That I can't, I can't believe it. I, 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 that is. Of all the negatives, and I've got way more negatives to list, that is the biggest negative of the entire game. That's completely unacceptable. I'm not trying to interrupt you. Did you see what? Did you see what he said about why he said that? No, I didn't. Please, so it's his reasoning that he was asked about that. I don't his, care what it is. His reasoning behind that was it's and he used. Oh, it is. He used analytics for why because he said him in the analytics department thought that it would that the best case scenario was to have the ball third. If they went down to score, then the Chiefs went down to score, they would basically have the final drive of overtime. That's what Cal Shane. Okay. Well, anyway, go. Uh, that's I'm glad you explained that. Yeah. First of all, let me let me let me that's exactly what Kyle Shanahan let me, let me talk and he used analytics to back let me, it. Let me direct directly to Kyle Shanahan. <laughs> Guess what, man? Possession. Okay. See, even if you score a freaking touchdown, guess what the Chiefs are doing if they score a touchdown? They're not giving you a third possession. They're going for two because analytics is going to tell them to go for two, you moron. Andy Reid said that. Shh. Travis Kelsey out. 
duh. I mean, that's common sense. We've literally, even the three of us, when we heard this rule change three years ago, we all said you should take the ball second, and if they score a touchdown, you're going for two when you score a touchdown. That's just common freaking sense. That's I, I have never been more mad at a coach than that moment right there. That is completely unacceptable. That's completely and guess what? If you get the Chiefs the ball first and they score a touchdown, guess what? Time you get a fourth down now, you're not kicking a field goal, you're going for a fourth down. Guess what the Chiefs did? They went for it on fourth down because they got the ball second. You idiot. You pretty much had an extra you pretty much had an extra play. You yeah, had an extra you down. extra play every set of downs now. It's it, it's I, it's completely unacceptable. I I can't believe it. From I, the only reason why I'm not saying it's a fireable offense is because he has had a good enough career up to this point to where I can't fire him. But th- it makes me think about it, dude. That's completely unacceptable. And whoever the analytics department is needs to get fired. That's com- that, his analytics are wrong, bro. That's just wrong. Like I don't. That's not the, the analytics. Those analytics, whoever's telling you that's the analytics, they are wrong. That's just simply not correct. It's just not correct. This is what it comes down to. Analytically speaking, analytically speaking, they are not wrong that, yeah, if they get the ball third and they go kick a field goal, the game is still over. But guess what? You have to also have common sense mixed with analytics. Oh, you have to have a little bit of common sense mixed in with analytics because like Brandon was just saying, there is never going to be a third possession in those types of scenarios. There never will be. And the reason why is because even in the 49ers scenario, they got stopped. They had to go for it on fourth down on their own side of the field, even to keep that drive alive because they knew they were like, listen, we're not going to keep them from getting a field goal. But then they went down the field, and instead of going for it on like fourth and three, fourth and four, fourth and four. Yeah, I have a problem with that. I have a problem with the third down. Yeah, play, I I don't as much with them kicking field goal either as much. As, are are you kind of done with what you're going into? Can I just go into the negative? No, I've got a lot more negative. Okay, go ahead. I've got I'll throw something really quick in there. Since you didn't hear Kyle Shanahan, I don't know if you heard this. Okay. So it kind of adds on. I'm not trying to pile on, but there has been. A lot of 49, well, not a lot. I know Kyle Huschek has come out and said, Nick, but there were a couple of offensive players for the 49ers that have come out and said they did not know the overtime rules. Yeah. They thought if they went down to score a touchdown, basically the game. That's unacceptable. I'm pointing this out really quick. Okay. One, that's on Kyle Shanahan, yeah, in my opinion. Of course. One thousand percent. It's on the player and too. To, well, yeah, you, you know, you're a professional athlete. You work you, in the it, NFL. Yes, How do you yes, not know the rules? Exactly. But, you, you as the head coach, you uh, apparently I don't, I don't know if this is true or they were more piling on, but a Chiefs player literally came out and said after all of that drop that they were having daily like strategy of like yeah. overtime meetings. The Chiefs what were you after be that. Doing? Yeah. So like, they're just a better that dude. Like that is that is great. I can't, did you hear about that? Yeah, I, I, I heard that, that. I heard that there were several players that came out and said that they were not aware of the new overtime rule. I would it's just, just, can, just crazy. Can you? Which imagine? wouldn't have mattered any. The new overtime rules literally had nothing to do with this game. Can you? Other than the fact that Bone had a decision to get the ball. Yeah, I mean that was just terrible. Can yeah. you imagine, bro? The 49ers go down and score a touchdown, and, and the they think they've won the game and stormed the field, they bro. Like, they like don't even kick an extra. They they just storm the field. <laughs> 
Anyway, go I'll get a delay of the game on the extra point. Yeah, that, was, that dude misses the extra point because of it. That oh, and Hulley. The game was over. So I will say this. Ben, when Ben was talking about the analytics and saying that there will, there won't be a, there won't, ne- there will never be a third possession in overtime with these rules. I agree with him, but I, I think there is an exception to this. That I, the only way I could see there being a third possession is if both teams kick a field goal. Which is would be a very rare. It would just happen to be the second team has a fourth and like eight or something. They would have to get some kind of penalties and push backwards. Yeah, like it has to be it, fourth and eight. I don't think you can go for that unless it's like going to be like a fifty-eight yard field goal. If maybe. you put yourself in the position to be fourth and eight without some kind of penalty, you're doing football wrong. Yeah, though. they should be. You should be running plays that are setting you up for fourth and short every time if you're the second team going. But anyway, and I could also see a situation to where. Let's say I'm coaching one of these NFL teams, and I lose the coin toss, and I've got to go take the ball first. If I score a touchdown, I'm going for two because I know they are going for two, and I'm going to trust my offense because you're you statistically have more than a fifty percent chance of getting the four, getting the two point conversion. So I'm going for two because I'm I know I'm going to have to match them, and if they match me, then I get the third possession to win the game. So the only I'm reason the only reason I disagree with that is because I'm probably playing it safe. I'm probably kicking the extra point there, and then I'm trusting my defense because let's say the defense does let them go down the field and score a touchdown. That defense is, knows that the life is on the line. Like they are going to be playing all out to stop them right there. But I mean. Like you said, it's they're gonna be playing all out either way. Yeah, it's more than a fifty percent chance to get it, anyways. So yeah, so I'm I'm gonna tr- I'm gonna trust my team, and it also you also are giving yourself the opportunity for the third possession as well if you if you hit it. So and if it does go to third possession, you've got a crazy high percent chance of winning that game. But it so those are the only ways I could ever see it going to a third possession. And I agree with Ben. I really don't think we're ever going to see a third possession in these overtime games in the playoffs. I don't think we're ever going to see it. The only way it's going to happen is if both teams just do stupid things on offense and end up with field goals. That's pretty much it. The new overtime rule wasn't made for there to be three possessions. It was made so that each offense got a chance. That's what it was made for. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I need to see more of it for me to consider it perfect. I don't know if it is a perfect overtime system, but this is a it's a good overtime system. It, it's really good. I I really like this overtime system a lot. Man, I wish Josh Allen got his chance. Yeah, that that, that game would have been that game may have gone a third overtime. <laughs> they say both teams scored over two. Yeah. Anyway, so so the red, I spent a lot of time bashing Kyle Shanahan because he deserved it. Okay. So let's get let's get to the other negatives. Yeah, we did hear about what he said. Yeah, I, well, I went I went to bed like as soon as I possibly could after the game last night. But then that's un, that's an unex, unacceptable explanation from him. That's just the analytics department. I'm serious. Fire them. That's what fire, bad, bro. fire them. I mean, that's ridiculous. Okay, okay. So more negatives. Negative number one. This is probably if I'm talking about an individual player, Devo Samuel. That was. I don't know how many opportunities he got in this game, but I'm thinking it was close to 10. Like he got a lot of opportunities and he failed on every single one of like he was awful. He was really, really bad. He was not creating separation at all. And even 
And a lot of times, Debo, he, he's not great at creating separation anyway. But most of the time, even whenever he's got a guy tight on him, he makes the catch and he breaks tackles. But he, I mean, he has so many opportunities with the balls hitting him in his hands. And he just didn't catch any of them. I mean, he was terrible. He was just really, really bad. Another negative, George Kittle. I, it's hard to hate on that guy too much, but he had a couple of opportunities. He didn't make he didn't make the most of his opportunities either. I mean, he just, I mean, I I mean, you you, you expect these guys in the Super. You think of all these Super Bowls where you you were just amazed at like how awesome it was. You think of all these players that had these opportunities to make big plays, and they just they stepped up in those big moments and made those big plays. Kittle did have the big play on third down. Yes. He did make one. Yes, you're right about that. That's why I, I can't hate on him too much. But he did have he did have some opportunities to make big plays, one on one deep routes down the field where he's just got a corner on him and he just wasn't able to outmuscle the corner. It's like, come on, Kittle. Like, who else we got here? We've got Brandon Ayuk. I don't want to. I don't. I can't really bash on Ayuk too much because they he just didn't have very many passes thrown his way. Yeah. So I can't I can't really hang on him too much. Debo was a lot bigger of a deal than than Ayuk was. Okay, so this is the most surprising and most shocking negative for me. Like if if I had to put a list on players I thought were most likely to be on my negative list, this guy would have been I know where you're this guy would have been the very last one. Trent Williams. Yeah. Trent Williams this was the worst game I've ever seen him play. Yeah. This was the worst the worst game I've ever seen him play. He had he had one or two holding calls that were a bit iffy, but even if you take even if you say the official screwed those up, even if you talk even if you say that, he still played terrible. Like he it was like he was just getting beat every play. I he was just getting beat. Like he just looked old and he looked like he didn't really want to be there. And that's that's kind of hurts my heart. <laughs> it hurts my heart, man, cuz I really like that guy and he just he had a really really bad game. The offensive line in general did not play well, which is shocking for the for the 49ers because that's typically something that they do a really good job at. You know, they just they just didn't. Oh, oh, I will say this one positive that I forgot to say about the 49ers was Kyle Juszczyk. He did a good job in this game. Yeah, but he he doesn't he doesn't have a super big role. But I will say that he did well. More so, my biggest negative was Kyle Shanahan. My my next biggest negative is the 49ers' defense in the second half of this football game. So let's talk about their first half for a second. 49ers' first half, they play, they they only bring four pretty much every play, and they relied on those four guys to get pressure, and as Tanner was saying, they did a good job of doing that. They did get the pressure. And behind that, they just played man-to-man and double-covered Travis Kelsey. Like, pretty much every single play of the entire first half, that's what they were doing. Like, it, like I, I mean... Pretty consistently, that's all they were doing. That was pretty much it. And the Chiefs could not move the ball. They, they, they had literally no success. They could not go anywhere. And in the second half, they didn't do that like at all. And especially in the fourth quarter, they never played man-to-man and doubled Kelsey. Like the entire fourth quarter in overtime. Why not? It worked so good in the, fir- in the first half. Why did you stop doing that? They started blitzing more. What do you not do against Patrick Mahomes? You don't blitz him, okay? You didn't blitz like at all in the first half, and they couldn't move the ball. And then all of a sudden, you start blitzing in the fourth quarter. Why? What is going on? They, like you're not doubling Kelsey. Yeah, that the last drive of the fourth quarter, you've got a linebacker guarding Kelsey one on one, running a crossing route across the field. Do you really think he's going to stay with Kelsey that whole time? No. 
and there's not a double anywhere in sight. There's literally not another player like anywhere close. Like, what is going on? What is up with these play calls? It's completely unacceptable. Like, so, so Kyle Shanahan biggest negative, but the 49ers defense, man, what what happened? It, the second, the third quarter, I don't really, I can't remember exactly what was going on in the third quarter, but especially the fourth quarter, man, what was that? Like the pre playing prevent. On the last drive of the fourth quarter, when they had two minutes to go, playing prevent in overtime. Yeah, in overtime too. Playing prevent, like you had a three point lead. Like, what are you doing, dude? Like they were just begging for a field goal. They were begging for a field goal, and you—that's the way the Packers play defense all year. You can't do that, man. Like, holy cow! Oh, guess what? The Packers fired their defensive coordinator. Well, it. It honestly shows that they were planning to play for a third possession because they were like, well, if we just let them get into field goal range, they'll just kick a field goal and then we'll get the ball back. Do they forget like, who they're playing? Andy yeah. Reid, it, it would have had to have been at least fourth and eight for him to even consider a field goal. He was going to be going for it on fourth down if it was like fourth and five or in 100%, okay? So the chances of you getting them in more than a fourth or five, when they know they're going for it on fourth down if they get inside that, it's pretty much zero. Like, if you know you're going for it inside fourth and five, the way you call plays, you're pretty much guaranteed to be inside fourth and five. Like it's pretty much imp- unless you get a penalty, you are 100% going to be inside five yards by the time you get to fourth down. So they were not kicking a field goal on that last drive. They just weren't. Okay. So what are you doing? You you had to be aggressive. You had to force a turnover or a penalty. That that's what you had to have happen for the 49ers on that overtime drive, and they just played the complete opposite. And I, even just not even just the overtime, the last fourth quarter drive, same way. Like, what do you do? They were just begging for field goal. They were begging the Chiefs to kick field goals instead of actually trying to stop them. And that is just unacceptable. And that's the reason why I have hated on Joe Barry all year on the Packers is because he been, he was doing that all year long. And it's unacceptable NFL defense. And also, let me say this. This, is, this isn't just the 49ers. This is the Chiefs did this a little bit, too. NFL defenses, especially when you're playing against a competent quarterback, don't play zone. Quit. Zone doesn't work. It doesn't work. Quit. You can bring it in as a switch up every once in a while, but don't use it as a consistent defense, okay? Good quarterbacks, and especially when you got a weapon like Travis Kelsey, zone it just will not work. It's just not going to, okay? Just quit. Just quit doing it. And especially prevent zone. I literally, okay, so tell me if you guys agree. You you all, I think you guys are going to agree with me on this. When it comes to prevent defense, dude, I am only playing prevent defense on one play. Hail Mary. One. Literally, if it's literally the last play of the game, I will play prevent. Other than that, I'm not playing prevent. Period. I don't care if they've got 15 seconds left. I'm and they if they're on the if they're on the 30 yard line in 15 seconds, I'm not playing prevent. Okay. If they got to go 70 yards in 15 seconds, I'm still not playing prevent. I'm playing. I may play a little bit deeper than usual, but I'm not playing prevent. I may be willing to give them seven, eight yards, but I'm still not going to give them 15 for free. I'm not doing that. Are you serious? That doesn't make any freaking sense. I I I, I can't stand the prevent defense. It, it it's literally should only be used on one play. It should be used the last play of the game, and that's it. Period. Okay. Okay. I think I'm done with negatives, Ben, for the 49ers. What else you got? You forgot to mention the biggest negative, which I know you said is Kyle Shanahan. 
But this is the biggest negative that has plagued the 49ers for multiple years in a row. Injuries. Oh, yeah. Dude. Well, I, I can't fault anybody for that one. Dre Greenlaw going down, <laughs> running onto the field. It's it's pretty. They're pretty sure he tore his Achilles. I, I think I've ever seen that I, I was in watch- a situation like that. So I watched what happened. I actually yeah. No, I saw it. Yeah. I saw it. Yeah. So for the viewers that don't know, yeah, he was jumping up and down, like ready to be on the field, ready to go with his team. He had to take a step back because he was about to be on the field too soon. And then literally his initial come down and like burst to go onto the field just popped his Achilles running onto the field. And you could tell he knew it and his teammates knew immediately what happened. One of his teammates just turned around and just put their hands on their head and it was like, no. Like it was just, I mean, that was a really painful one to watch too because he looked like he was. He was bringing the energy. Yeah. Like he was gonna be, he was gonna be the fireball for that defense, and you yeah. could, he was pumped and ready to because they were about to enter a commercial timeout. Like yeah. it wasn't like the, the play was about to happen. Like he was sprinting out there when he was gonna have to wait three minutes to play anyway. Yeah. So but he was still energized and ready to go. Like he was ready, bro. Yeah. So and that yeah, that's just a huge injury in general, especially like Brandon was saying, like with him being that fired up, bringing that much energy much less with his skill and importance to that defense as it is. And another big negative for the injuries, this had happened a while ago, but this guy wasn't playing in this game because of injury. Talanoia Hufunga would have been the safety on that interception ball. That it was his position. That guy came down from strong safety and then was running back. So that would have been Hufunga. Hufunga I'm not going to. Yeah, yeah, Hufunga I mean, wasn't missing that ball. Let's just. But still, the 49ers had like, 10 games to prepare without him. Yeah. So, but I'm, uh, I'm saying even with that, like, Hufunga is still way better than he's, that guy. He's fantastic. He, he's going to make that play. Yeah. Dude is the, like, basically Troy Palomalu. And I love Hufunga, dude. Yeah, he's awesome. And then Debo got hurt too. Brandon saying him not showing up. Like, he did get a little bit hurt. It, we thought he tore his hamstring. No, that's and then, he, he he did pull his hand. He yeah. pulled his hand. And then he just he kept playing. And honestly, I don't really know if he should have kept playing, but he did. He was out there. And then I feel like someone else got hurt for him too. One of the offensive line. There was offensive line. Yeah. It was defensive line. Yeah, it was. It was just the same thing that's plagued the 49ers forever. The reason they weren't in the Super Bowl last year was injuries. So just huge injuries all over the place. More negatives for the 49ers that I just don't understand the prevent defense and the fourth quarter. Like, forget who you're playing. I don't care whether I'm playing quarterback against you. Like, why are you playing prevent defense? Like, what are you doing? Which, honestly, it makes more sense against a better quarterback why you'd be playing that because you're scared of them taking yeah. a big shot. This but, like, makes sense. if you can live with Patrick Mahomes beating you, if Patrick Mahomes is getting hit exactly and just m- throws up a prayer and perfectly makes a pass to beat a man coverage, like hey, shrug your shoulders, Patrick man. Mahomes beat you. Tip your hat. Yeah. You didn't make Patrick Mahomes beat you. You didn't. He didn't have to go beat you. He did, but you didn't make him go beat you. He literally just took five to ten yard passes all the way down the field and you just you ushered him through no pun intended to usher, but you, you <laughs> ushered him through the field like just go take a touchdown. Like, my goodness. And that's pretty much it. Obviously, the missed extra point is just a huge no-no. But 
just rookie kicker kicked it way too low. I I honestly don't know if it would have been even if it no, did. It but wouldn't have. It that, was that, so low. that kick was. I mean, holy cow! Tyler could have blocked that field goal, Dennis. <laughs> That's how low it was. He ain't even here to defend the field goal. Dang, dang. But uh, that that's it, pretty much. I'm trying to think of other negatives. Like Brandon said, Debo didn't play great, but he he was kind of hobbled a little bit. Brandon Ayuk didn't get a lot of chances. George Kittle, honestly. He he had a few plays that he could have done better, but he really didn't get that many chances either. No, not really. I I don't really know how the 49ers scored points, honestly. It was Juwan just Jennings. it was Jawan Jennings. That's Jawan Jennings and Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, that was it. That was their whole offense was Jawan Jennings and Christian McCaffrey. And that's so weird considering you have Debo, Trent or well, Trent Williams was a huge disappointment also. Brandon Ayuk and George Kittle, like they basically did nothing. The negative that I'll say for Trent Williams is I think he has spent all this time wanting to get a Super Bowl so bad. And I honestly think the moment got too big for him. Like he was thinking about winning a Super Bowl for so long and knew like, hey, this is my moment. Like we can actually do this thing. We're here. We put in all the work. And I think the moment just got too big for him. I really do. And I hate saying that because I love Trent Williams more than Brandon loves Trent Williams. But I, I really do just think watching him in that game that the moment got too big for him. And I felt that same way about Lamar Jackson in the previous game. I think Lamar wanted to win. I don't think he necessarily did a ton wrong. The moment just got too big for him. And when that happens, you make stupid mistakes that you're not used to making. Like, Trent Williams jumping off sides yeah, and then literally crazy. And then a hold the very next play. Like that's just, yeah, crazy. you don't see Trent Williams do that ever. And then and those penalties too, those were drive killers. Yeah. Like they were moving the ball. Well, they looked unstoppable. That one was back to back penalty. Yeah. The offsides and the holding killed the drives yeah. and yeah. killed them. The 49ers should have just went, been winning by like 30. Yeah. They should have had, a, they should have been 30 zero at halftime. Yeah. Yeah, the, but the Christian McCaffrey fumble was also bizarre. Yeah, the that, Christian McCaffrey fumble on the very first drive that of the drive, game. That drive was unstoppable, too. The, the second drive, I'm pretty sure, was the Trent Williams jumping off sides and the holding. Yeah. And then I can't remember exactly what happened on the third drive. But yeah, like they should have been up by 30 at half. Oh, one other big negative that I forgot about <laughs> the punt return where the returner is pointing at the ball, screaming, Get out! Like, <laughs> and the guy literally is standing exactly where he's pointing, and it hits him in the foot. By the way, I, I, you might have done the same thing when you were watching it, Tanner. Me, Ben, and my dad, we were all trashing the punt returner. Why are you grabbing that ball? Get away from it. And then on the replay, you can see it hit the guy's foot, and you're like, oh, okay. Literally the broadcaster, too. Did yeah. you see? The <laughs> broadcaster's like, I just can't imagine why he would even try to grab that ball. And then it shows the replay, and he goes, Oh, it did hit his leg. Yeah. Like, th- that is just unacceptable for a special teams guy to not know to get out of the way. Like, yeah. it doesn't matter what else happens. If your dude is telling you get out of the way, stop blocking. He was still trying to block. That was the problem. Yeah. He was trying to get out of the way while also blocking the Chiefs player. But it literally does not matter at that point. Another positive for the 49ers that we got to bring up was actually a guy on their special teams. It was number 58 or something like yeah, that. that. That that dude balled out. He balled out, bro. He, he it was, wasn't 58. He was a receiver. It was like 85 or something gotcha. like that. But he, he was awesome. Unfortunately, their special teams 
awesomeness got outshadowed by the stupid mistake. But that's that's pretty much all I got. You got any other? Okay, negatives? Tanner, go ahead, bro. Yeah, my big my biggest is Kyle Shanahan. I thought about this when you were talking. You may not get this, Ben may, but like, do you know who like my comparison for Kyle Shanahan is? You're talking about like an NFL head coach? No, I'm talking about just if I could compare him as a coach to somebody else, another coach, and he's not an NFL coach, but just another coach, do you know who it would be? Doc Rivers. Oh, and I, hey. I say that. No, I say that to say, Doc, and I know it's two. I know it's two different, but let me explain. This, I'll, okay? I'll, I'll hear you out. I know it's two different scenarios because obviously basketball is a series, everything of that nature. Okay, like I understand that. Okay, but Doc Rivers is known. Okay, for basically let down in the playoffs. Okay, he's had phenomenal teams around him, okay? And if you look at some of the biggest, like, recent letdowns in the playoffs, I know, I realize it's a series, okay? I realize that. But if you look at some of, like, these letdowns, Doc Rivers is the coach. If you look at the 49ers, bro, or Kyle Shanahan, bro, the last two times they've been in the Super Bowl, they've had 10-point leads. Both of those were lost to, both of those were lost to, both of those were lost to Pat, okay? Like, this is not a Pat thing, I'm just saying. And Kyle, was Kyle Shanahan the coach of the 28-3? Obviously not, but he was also on the coaching staff of that as well. Okay? I, I think he was the biggest so, like, problem. Bro, like, I'm sorry. I don't think that's a crazy comparison, bro. Because, like, but, you've got these, he has, just what you were saying, the regular season resumes, all of that stuff. Yeah. Great mind, everything. He cannot win the big game just like Doc Rivers cannot win the big game in big series, bro. So I'm you know it may be elite, but bro, like Yeah, I, I look I'm gonna defend I still there's more to say. Yeah, but I'm gonna defend Doc Rivers on this one. What? Because Donald Doc Rivers look in in football, the coach has more control of the outcome of the game than any individual position. Wait, you're gonna Kyle Shanahan or Doc Rivers? I'm defending Doc Rivers. Wow. Okay. And buddy, in, in football, the head coach has more control of the outcome of the game than any individual mm -hmm. position does. That is not the case in basketball. Basketball, you just need your guys to make shots. Like it's just that simple. If they're not making shots, you lose the basketball game. Like you can't do anything about it as a coach. You can't do anything about it. And it's not like you're going to bench your star player because he's not making shots that game. He's, you got to stick with them. Mm -hmm. And if he continues not to make shots, you just lose. There's nothing you can do about it. But and on the flip side of that, this is coming from the dude that doesn't know basketball at all. Basketball, yeah. you can make adjustments defensively, but if the if you're playing against Kevin Durant or something if, like that, and they're just making yeah. every shot, there's nothing you can do. Well, okay, if it was a one-time thing, I may give you that. But there's two scenarios. Like this is a this is a multiple-year thing. I know. And two, I would also there's give you that if this wasn't a series thing like if you didn't have to win four games yeah like i get it if like it's an nfl scenario where it's like a one game and kevin durant goes and drops 60 like i get that okay but yeah. one this is a series thing and two no it's it's literally like every single year doc rivers has an amazing team he gets put out in the first or second round like it's so, so I, I may be forgetting about some years, mm. but the the years that I'm thinking about where he had letdowns, 
it was always really hard, hard fought series that came down to the very end every oh, time. He gets three one leads and blows them. So he gets three one, three two leads, uh, and they come back and lo- and lose. I don't know. It, it's literally he has the better team, which in the NBA you should not lose with the better team in a seven game series. True. And he gets up three one, three two, which in the NBA series, if you get up three one or three two, you win that series. That's how it works. And he just record after record after record. If it was one time, fine. Get it. But like, and for for what you're saying, if the other team gets hot for two or three game stretch and they beat you, okay, that sucks. But it's literally his lack of coaching and his lack of preparation in those games that cost his team to get beat. And it's it's simply him not getting his guys ready is what happens. He he moves them on to the next game too soon and they just completely dismiss the other team as if they're not another NBA team. Because as much as I say the NBA teams in a seven game series should win every single time. So are the you- worst team in the NBA can beat the best team in the NBA on a one game one game. And it's because they're still NBA players. They're still point zero 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 one percent of the best players in the world. Right. Yeah. So like, so are are you guys saying that Doc Rivers just allows his guys to get too relaxed once he gets those three one leads? Yeah, that and it's coaching. Yeah, he like, just moves them on to the next game, and they're not they aren't prepared. But I'm but that's like I don't know. It just hit me like when you were talking. Like if I had to compare, if we're talking resume, if we're talking a playoff career resume, I legitimately don't think. Like I said, it. It may be pushing it going from one game to a series. Dude, I leg- especially after this one and the overtime, the overtime decision, the his players not even not like I don't think I'm not, I don't think I'm taking that too far, bro. Is, I, I, I legitimately reasonable. don't. If you're talking like, about resumes, if you're purely talking about resumes, I don't hate the comparison. Yeah. If you're talking about them actually coaching, Shanahan is a far better coach than Doc Rivers. Yes, but I, Doc Rivers is known as a basketball mastermind. I really, I never gave Doc Rivers that credit. I don't think he's ever actually been a really good coach. And so, that, I could be wrong, but... It, and I'm not trying to talk basketball. Yeah, that yeah, you're good. So, any time you. that I've seen Doc Rivers coach, I've never been impressed by anything that he's doing, ever. So let me continue that analogy. Maybe both coaches are better when the expectations are lower. Because Doc Rivers got his championship very early in his career. Mm-hmm. Maybe the expectations weren't as high then. Maybe maybe Kyle Shanahan would be better as an underdog coach in these situations than he would be as a... Because there's something about getting these leads and having complete control of the game. He just falls apart. Like, legit, when he took the Bucks job, I was... Hot in, Bucks I, job? Yeah, he's yeah. the coach of the Bucks now. Oh, I thought you were talking about Kyle Shanahan. And, no, like, no, he's the... And I... I Y'all, y'all know I've literally been saying, dude, when the playoffs hit, the Bucks, the Bucks were my championship team, legitimately. I don't feel that way anymore with Doc Rivers as a coach. I know. I, I will be surprised if they make it to the conference finals. I'm not even joking. I don't remember if we had this conversation on the podcast or not, but as soon as the Bucks hired Doc Rivers, I started celebrating as a Celtics. You took fan. a side of I, I was like, I don't even have to worry about them anymore. Like 
Yep. The Celtics probably won't see them in the play. By the way, I, I did see this. Like, what is the Bucks' record with Doc Rivers right now? I'm pretty sure they started like one and eight. Oh, dude, they're ter- like they're that. terrible. After Doc Rivers, yes. they've won like two games out of ten or something. Yeah, like yeah, that. it's pretty bad. But I'm gonna look it up. Right, anyway, let's get like, back to back, yeah. So back, back to the end. Forty Niners negative. One positive, really quick, that I want to like throw out. One, the trick play call was a ballsy call on a play like that, and two, bro. I'm get, I think it was number 74 for the 49. That block that he made, dude, that defense, I don't know if it was a safety or corner. Dude, he sniffed it out. Like, he was going to blow that play. Like, whoever, up, that, whoever that defender was, dude, I got to give credit to that guy because he knew the only way we're stopping this play is if yeah. I get there as fast as possible. Yeah. And you're right about that. Bro- dude, he broke. Like, that was one of, yeah. considering the situation, that may have been one of the, that may have been one of the best blocks I've seen in a game like that. Like that, that may, legitimately, that that was the touchdown. That was the touchdown play right there. That block. But I've got to get. I've got to give credit. I don't know what his name is, but dude, that's that block was insane. That's the reason that touchdown was scored. But that's the reason that play po- got positive yards, in my opinion. But. Yeah, y'all heard him. Honestly, there's really nothing else to say about the negatives. Y'all literally already touched on everything. I still can't believe yeah. how disappointed I am in Kyle Shanahan, man. Yeah. And, and Trent Williams. Both. Yeah. I mean, I I don't know, man. Like, I, I'm not trying to pile on Kyle Shanahan, but, like, look, I I really hate saying this. If I'm the front office... I'm sorry. I've got to get rid of Kyle Shanahan after that, dude. But that's just me. And like, I and I, I realize that. But like, I taking, taking so, his entire taking his entire, it, it's not yes that. But I'm looking at the entire resume as well. Like this team, dude, was regarded as the best team all year. Like, yeah. did anybody legitimately did anybody think another NFC team was getting the Super Bowl beside the 49ers all year? I sure didn't. Like looking looking back on it, the Packers should have you you had they literally had everything that they know they were favored in every single game this season. By the time the game actually started, they were the favorites in every wow. single game this season, including the postseason. Has that ever happened? I don't know. Like you no, this that was, Patriots team I don't I don't know if I don't know if they're going to get another situation like this. That's the thing, man. Like next year will be pretty similar because they still got Brock Purdy on that but nothing contract. Right. So next year will be very similar. So I did want to say this initially. I got off on a little bit of basketball. That was my fault. The reason I agreed with if you're talking purely resume, I agreed, but a lot of what's went wrong for Kyle Shanahan in the playoffs has not been his fault mostly. Now, true. Th- this game, yes. E- even this game, there were injuries outside of his control that affected the game very much. This game, he did have an effect on his coaching that caused them to lose. But previously in other games, like at some point, you can do all the coaching you want. If if all your starters are gone, you just you can't effectively play anymore. Like your whole team is just gone. So it, yeah. in previous years, all his players have been hurt. It even last in year the was Super- last year wasn't on him at all. Yeah, and even this Super Bowl, like Greenlaw getting hurt, 
Debo getting hurt. Now, Trent Williams not being prepared for the game. Like The first 49ers in Chiefs Super Bowl, I'm going to trash Kyle Shanahan on that one, too. We had, I mean, he had Jimmy Garoppolo as quarterback, but he's still the second half. He really started blundering the play call. But I don't know. that. I feel like that Chiefs team was just the better team. They were. Time. They so, were the better team. And, and to be quite frank, I love Kyle Shanahan. Andy Reid's the better coach. I okay. it, he just is. I get so. what I get what you're saying, but and and what and once again, dude, I, I hate to go back to this comparison. I, I I really do, but like when you're gonna blow lead after lead after lead after lead in big games, at some point, dude, you've got to take a step back and look at coaching. I'm sorry, you just do. Like you can't, you can't, and and that's why, like, and and this is. This is why, like, I'm not, like, discrediting. This is why I'm not discrediting what Pat done as much as it seems like you guys are. Like, yes, he he stepped up and, ma- and made the plays that needed to be made, given the situation that was given to him. He didn't try to take some, he didn't try to take a bomb shot when the play wasn't there. Like, he... Honestly, I don't know where I was going with that. I just wanted to throw that in. But anyway, like, I, I just, I can't, like, at some point, dude, you legitimately have to take a step back. When you keep having big leads in big games and keep losing those games, I'm sorry, man. Like, in just my personal opinion, so you got to start looking elsewhere. I do want to point this out to you. A lot of times when teams consistently give up substantial leads in games and blow it, you want to point to the quarterback a lot. And in this situation, you're not pointing at Brock Purdy at all. You're pointing at Kyle Shanahan. Me? Because Brock, I am, Percy. Because the the only thing, literally the only thing, and and I'm saying this even gently, like that I could have, well, again, that's not on Brock. That's on Kyle Shanahan. So, like, right. I, he, I, 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 I was about to say possibly run the ball more, put the ball yeah. more in Christian McCaffrey's hands. But he had 30 touches between rushings and receptions. Yeah. So, I mean, dude, like. I'm, I agree I, with I, you. It's on Kyle Shanahan. This, but, this was not on Brock. Yeah. Literally, even the even the Super Bowl with Jimmy Garoppolo, the play calling got soft. They started playing more not to lose instead of staying right. aggressive and keeping pressure. Yeah. So once again, that's on Kyle Shanahan. I agree with you. I'm just saying that in these other circumstances, in these other examples, I usually also think it's coaching more than the quarterback. But I'm saying in these other situations with other teams, a lot of times you think it's the quarterback more than the coach. Me personally? Yeah. So you say you say that a lot. You blame a lot of losses <laughs> on the quarterback when they had leads like that. But. But but in this one you're going with Kyle Shanahan, which I agree with. I agree yeah, it's more yeah, because Shanahan. it's not Brock. Legitimately, dude, I can't unless there's something I'm forgetting. Maybe I may have been pouring a beer, or making a mixed drink when this was happening. I can't think of one play that Brock made where I was like, that could have a massive impact on this game negatively. Like, does that? Yeah, he, he didn't maybe, really do anything. I'm, like, yeah. he didn't. Yeah, he didn't make any big mistakes. Yeah, like yeah. that. This game was not on him. You know, I agree with that. Yep, I agree. Are we done with Forty ers negatives? Anything? Anybody? Yes, we got stayed on Forty ers negatives for forty five, and it deserved it. It yeah. deserved it. All right. So, next section is we already did the overtime coin toss. We don't need to talk about that anymore. That was ridiculous. 
I've got a few things to say about officiating. In general, I don't think officiating was bad in this game. I don't think that there was any like really individual plays that were like just cost the game. Just in general, the, the white hat of this game, his name was is like Bill Vinovich or something like that. He has a history of being excessive with holding calls. Okay, like he he he's known for this. He calls a lot of holding calls. I will say, whenever the 49ers had the ball, he called. Now, there were a couple of holding calls that were legitimate, but there was probably three or four holding calls that were like, dude, as soon as that offensive lineman felt that guy tug away from him at all, he let go. How are you calling holding on that, man? That That's way too picky, especially the last holding call that they called whenever George Kittle was on the sideline and the backup tight end was in and the, they, he was on the edge blocking. As soon as that, I think it was a defensive end. As soon as the defensive end started tugging and the jersey pulled, the tight end let go. In, like As soon as he felt a pull, he let go. Exactly what you're supposed to do. And they called holding on that. I That one was like, dude, come on, man. You can't be that picky about it. And I can't think of any of it. I'm sure there was probably one somewhere. Maybe they called one holding call on the Chiefs somewhere in that game. They didn't. Maybe I can't even think of one, but I'm sure there was one somewhere. They were not as picky on the Chiefs with those holding calls as they were the 49ers. Now, I will say that maybe because the Chiefs were not trying to run to the edge as often as the 49ers were. So when you're trying to run to an edge like that, you're a lot more susceptible to getting holding calls blocking on the edge. So the Chiefs weren't trying to run to the edge as much. So maybe that's why that happened. But uh, they were there were definitely some plays where Patrick Mahomes was scrambling in the pocket where there was some legit holding going on, and they were not calling that. Now, maybe that particular white hat is a lot more... Maybe he's consistent with throwing holding calls on running plays and not as much on passing plays. Maybe that's why that is. I don't know. But he definitely called some holding calls on the 49ers that should not have been called, and there were some holds the Chiefs had that should have been called that weren't. Now, every official, especially officiating crews, have different tendencies, okay? So maybe this crew, their tendency is to call holding on running plays, and they don't typically call holding on passing plays. Because I, I, if there were, I don't know if there was any holding calls on 49ers passing plays. If there were, there was only like one. They was mostly running plays. So maybe that's why. So I'm going to give them that reasoning. But even so, Look, and I'm not going to complain about not calling holding on the Chiefs plays, okay? None of them were bad enough to make me stand up and scream, okay? None of them were that bad. But the, what I'm most upset about was the pickiness on the 49ers running plays. Those were extremely picky holding calls, and that is a little frustrating. When it comes to, like, down the field, like, defensive holdings, pass interferences, that kind of stuff, I have literally no complaints either way for either team. I thought I thought it was perfect. Everything beyond the line of scrimmage, I thought it was called perfectly. Do you guys have anything you want to add to officiating? Honestly, you pretty much said exactly what I was thinking. Overall, I don't have a ton of complaints. The refs didn't decide the outcome of this game. But I did notice what you were talking about. Like they were super picky on the 49ers holding calls. And then it felt like the Chiefs got away with some. But I was also rooting for the 49ers. So you can call that bias if you want to. So I was watching through a 49ers lens. Yeah. But and it was also uh, passing versus holding. Yeah, or p- passing versus rush, passing versus running. So like, like you said, overall, I thought it was fine. I don't think they decided the outcome of the game, and then, which is what we want. We want them to just 
call what's supposed to be called. And if it's not bad, don't call it. But I think they got a little picky with the holding calls. Other than that, I mean, if, if they did a good job. So anything you want to add, Tanner, to officiating? I heard Taylor Swift was in the officiating meeting before the Well, considering she probably got there like an hour before the game, I doubt it. I'll be on the field. But yeah, no, really nothing else to add. Like, you know, I don't really think it had like a massive impact on the game. By the way, I don't think there was a single pass interference call the entire game, which is cool. With me. I love that. It was defensive holding. It was, holding. it was a defensive holding one time, which did forget to mention the positives for the Chiefs that I want to go back to really quick. The fact that Taylor Swift made it to the game is that's pretty cool for Taylor Swift and for obviously it helps the Chiefs out. But the fact that she didn't make it, which I didn't really question that she was going to be there, but there were some room like. The night before, people were talking about, like, there's a legit possibility that she's not there. And then she wasn't just there. She was there, like, the whole time. Like, she didn't miss anything. So, that... Nobody's surprised, but there was a record number. This Super Bowl set a record for those Nobody's surprised about this. Yeah. The thing with everyone getting all up in arms about watching Taylor Swift and everything, like, watching the football game and having to see Taylor Swift, I don't have as much of a problem that she's on the screen whenever, like, something legitimate happens with Travis Kelsey or, like, yeah. even a Chiefs touchdown and like, she's excited, like, showing her, like, yeah, that makes... She like, is a big enough star and has built enough for herself. And she brought a ton of fans to the NFL. She, I'm not naive. She made the NFL a ton of money just yeah. by being there. Mm-hmm. But I... Taylor Swift, she didn't come to make the NFL money. She came because she cared about Taylor, or she cared about Travis Kelsey. And she actually, I will give her credit, she cared enough to try to at least learn football, and she she was there for the right reasons. She's not there to get more spotlight or do anything like that. A lot of people think this is just a bully. I don't think so. I I don't know. I that's a lot of effort, man. I'm not it, gonna discredit. It was gonna. Yeah. I was fifty fifty-ing it at first. I was like, ah, she might just be doing this to be with a big name because that's kind of her style is get with the big name and then break up and surprise it. Mm-hmm. But I think she genuinely cares about Travis Kelsey. Yeah. So we'll we'll see if she's still coming to games next year. It's all legit. Yeah. Like, like the so, only thing that makes me think it is legit. Which look, man, if it is, I'm literally the exact same thing as as Ben. Like. I'm, look, man, like, if it's a big play or something like that and she's shown, I legitimately don't care. Because, like, I would not have a problem with, I mean, Donna Kelsey, like, I love when she's shown, but they don't show her every single chance they get. Like, it's just, I mean, even who's, like, Brock Purdy's parents, whenever whenever he does a big play. Brock Purdy's parents, who this year... She started dating a Packers player, or may have been married to Simone Biles. Yeah, even Simone Biles. Like I don't care if she's shot, but it's like the the times that she's put on the screen where like there's nothing. Like I, I don't know. That's the only time that I that I was like, ah, right, guys, this is and the social media stuff is. Well, that's I even after- more about the social media stuff than then showing her at the game. Okay, so the social media stuff, I'm that's- actually not upset with because the social media stuff. The reason why the NFL is posting all of that, they are trying to connect with the female audiences on social media, okay? That's exactly what they're doing, and I think it's working. So, I don't have an issue with that. I get that. I, I'm just the The NFL like, is so big at this point in America, 
the only way they can get any even bigger is if they bring in more female audiences. They really can't grow any bigger when it comes to male audiences. They've gotten to pretty much as big as they can get. Another thing that you kind of brought up is I don't, I really didn't have a problem with even how much they showed her in the Super Bowl, except for the fact we didn't see Jason Kelsey or Donna Kelsey. That's a, at all. Good. They were not on the broadcast. Yeah, that's a good point. Literally, they showed Taylor Swift upwards of 10 times. They did not show Donna or Jason Kelsey the entire game. That's unacceptable. And I'm sorry. Like, I think, well, I don't know if I can say that. I was about to say, I think more people may have wanted to see Jason than Taylor Swift. Well, more guys. More guys. Jason. Yeah. But like, but, Dude, Jason Kelsey, have you guys seen the video after we, with we the saw Ice Spice more than we saw Jason Kelsey? <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I, man. I like, didn't see Jason Kelsey at all. Exactly. Not even one. Exactly. Like I saw Jay-Z and Beyonce. <laughs> I saw Goat James. Yeah, I, I, we saw Brock Purdy's parents. But we didn't see Jason Kelsey or Donna Kelsey. And it's because literally any time they bring up Travis Kelsey or the Chiefs do something good, it's Taylor Swift. Which I get to a certain extent, except that Jason Kelsey is also a huge name, and Donnie Kelsey at this point is also a huge name. So, like, I don't know. So, showing Taylor Swift a bunch doesn't bother me, other than the fact that we didn't see Jason Kelsey or Donnie Kelsey. Just be consistent with how you're showing other family members and stuff. Yeah, I I agree with that. So, I want to get to some other points of the broadcast. In general... When it comes to CBS, man, when it comes to sports, it doesn't even matter what the sport is. Sports broadcasting in general, CBS does it better than any other broadcasting channel in America. CBS is just the best. They have the best visual quality, quality, the best audio quality, the best commentate. Like, they just do the best. And when, when it comes to commentating, I wasn't even that annoyed with Tony Romo in this game. Actually, this whole year, Tony Romo has really taken a step back into being as annoying as he used to be. He, I think he's kind of learned to shut his mouth a little more from time to time. And I wasn't even annoyed with him in this game. I thought he did a good job. thought he did a really good job. He didn't even like go crazy with loving on Patrick Mahomes as much as he usually does. So, good job, Jim Nance. Good job, Tony Romo. Good job, CBS Broadcast in general. I thought the whole thing was flawless. Great, great job. A lot of people were complaining about the scoreboard for some reason on the screen. I didn't really have an issue with it. I don't, was I, people saying about the score. People were saying that the letters for like the SF for San Francisco and the KC for Kansas City looked like it was just Times New Roman font, and like they thought it looked ugly. Who cares? I don't care. They they probably did that on purpose for the Super Bowl, like yeah. thing. Like Who the cares? Super Bowl is that. Yeah. So the Super Bowl is in that same font. So they yeah. probably made their letters like that to represent the Super Bowl. But anyway, I, I thought CBS did awesome. They always do. And you said that they, I don't think it's official yet, but it is very likely that they broke the record for the most viewed Super Bowl. No, they have. They did. It was it, yeah. It, yeah. So. Oh, I I I know they did, but those TV numbers don't come out for another week. Like, it, it takes, like, a week to get actual TV numbers back, but it's pretty much a guaranteed, like, done deal. Like, they actually get, like, the actual TV ratings, like, a week later. Maybe not a full week, but five days or so. But anyway, but it, it is going to happen. It's going to break the record. They've been trending up every year anyway, so they would have been close to this even if it wasn't for Taylor Swift. But it's because of Taylor Swift, it just blew it out of the water. Yeah. So, good for the NFL, good for Taylor Swift. Anything you guys want to add to the broadcast, the, the actual broadcast of the game, CBS? 
uh, I I thought they did a pretty good job. I'm going to be honest. I didn't listen to a lot of it. We <laughs> didn't have the volume very high. so. And most of the time during commercials, I was grabbing food or in the bathroom. So. Gotcha. Oh, Nicely food. Aligned. Tanner. I already know Ben's opinion, so I'll, I'll ask you what. How, what do you think about the halftime show, with Usher? I didn't get to watch a ton of it. The bartender that I was with was literally like, "I can't wait for the halftime show because Usher's so hot the entire time." So I was already <laughs> kind of annoyed. <laughs> yeah, so like, yeah, I thought it was good. I thought he put on a good. Sh- I thought he put on a good show. I hate that he had to ruin Alicia Keys' marriage. Did they actually get divorced or just no? No, okay. there's so bro, there's so many memes yeah. and stuff. He, he, like, he was all up on her, bro. It's not gonna lie though, bro. If I'm Alicia Keys' husband, me and her are gonna have to have a conversation, bro. <laughs> like we gonna have to have a conversation. All right. It was an act. It it didn't bother me. Like even Brandon was like, "Are they dating?" And I was like, "No, they're not." Usher they're- got married. I did y'all. Oh, I told y'all about that. Apparently, Usher got married in Las Vegas right after. That's crazy to me. That point yeah. is crazy. But as far as their performance and like, yeah, it was. It looked fairly sexual, and like he was holding her and hugging her from behind and stuff. But like, I oh, it could have been so much worse. Typical Usher performances are so much. Yeah, worse. like I yes, it, very much so. Yeah, that's was, not Super Bowl. It was very much like if you're dating an actress, almost like you like they're going to have to do some things that you probably wish didn't happen. But like, you can't get mad at that. Like they're putting on a performance. That's. It, they I, didn't do anything actual sexual or anything like that. So the actual performance itself, I really enjoyed it, man. I thought that the whoever's I, I, somebody told me that Jay Z is in charge of like deciding what goes on at halftime performances of Super Bowls now, which I think is a great decision. When did that? When did I, that? I don't know. But anyway, it's, this Super Bowl it looked like they took a step back as far as like a ton of chaos and stuff going in, like with crazy props and crazy stages and stuff. For a good portion of this performance, he was actually on the football field, just walking across the football field performing. I thought this year they made the performance a lot more simple. It was not a ton of props, not a bunch of chaos going on. It was just performing on a stage and sometimes not even on the stage. And I really thought it was a lot more simple and a lot easier to watch just as a casual music fan. Mm. The, I, a lot of people I, I see would say that the performance with, what was the, Couple years ago with Eminem, who who else? Mary J, Eminem, Mary J, Fifty Cent. Yeah, a lot of people say they like that one better. I like this one a little better just because it was a little more calm and a little more simple. I enjoy those performances more from those other people, but it was just there's just so much going on. I I like the simplicity of this one a lot. I don't I don't need a lot going on, bro. I relax a little bit. I think the reason that one was so confusing is because it was a whole record. I, I forgot who it was. Was it? I mean, Jay Z's in charge of. Uh, well, no, that was it was. Dad uh, gummit. It's not Little Wayne. Why am I think? Why am I Doctor Dre? What do you? Yeah, talking? it was Doctor Dre. It was Doctor Dre's like everyone that he had brought into music basically. Yeah, but singing and hearing that, so it was kind of hard to follow. It was like I'm listening to Eminem now. I'm listening to Fifty Cent now. I'm listening to Drake. Like it was just all yeah. over the place. Bruno Mars is still the best half. Uh, for that reason that you could say Bruno Mars was good. Bruno but Mars is halftime. This one, this one was fantastic. Honestly, I don't remember the Bruno Mars one. I, I would probably like the Bruno Mars one too because I do like his first one. He's big um, too. The this one was awesome for the simple fact that like 
it was actually him singing for like 98% of it. He was actually singing, which is just phenomenal anyways. Like while he's dancing, just also singing. Then the way that they like brought Alicia Keys into it was like ripping the red car. The, well, it was like a red cover, I guess. That's but yeah, they, <laughs> they ripped that away and then she's playing the piano. By the way, Alicia Keys looked very good as well. I don't but, remember her being that pretty. Like, I don't remember Alicia Keys being that pretty, but she did look pretty last night. Yeah, for sure. She is attractive. I She's not necessarily what I find like super attractive, but she is attractive. And then she definitely looked really good for like, last really, night as well because really, of the Super Bowl. Really quick, at the only reason I'm adding this, I just got to know if you get Super Bowl ratings record. Chiefs 49ers matchup uh, was most watched program in television history with an average of one. 123.4 million viewers. That was ESPN. 123.4 million? 123.4 million viewers. Honestly, I expected more. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're getting close to 400 million Americans now. I'm, I was expecting 50% at least to be watching, to be honest. But, and then I liked how he incorporated like other people in that were actually in those songs i like how he incorporated them too like yeah. at the times they came in how they came in Ludacris, uh, little john yeah. Got, yeah they did well by the way little john for a black guy he can't dance bro <laughs> little john everybody else knows how racist <laughs> stage was so good such a good dancer the little john's out there he looks so awkward bro he wasn't even trying to dance. He was just bopping back and forth to the music, and then just like every now and then he would say, yeah, what? That, 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 that's, that was his that. job. He got that hitch, bro. Yeah. Uh, what, what's the movie with Will Smith? Is it? It's Hitch. Is it Hitch? Yeah. yeah. With it, you stay right here the entire time. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Uh, you just you stay right here throughout the entire time. <laughs> this is where you live. Yeah. This is where you live. This is where you live. Yeah, overall, man, I, I really liked it. I don't know what Ludacris was wearing. He was wearing, like, shoulder pads. He was wearing a fro, bro. Did you see his fro? I'm not even talking about the hair. I'm talking about the shoulder pads. He was wearing, bringing it back to the 80s. He's wearing shoulder pads. Yeah, so much of memes that popped up and showed Ben Stiller in the movie Dodgeball. And that and that big thing he was wearing, I was like, hey, I can't disagree. He looks like that. Look, look, looks like that's what he's wearing. It looks very similar to uh, Gronk, what Gronk was wearing. Yeah, Hink. Gronk. Which we do need to talk oh. about. I got the FanDuel kick of destiny right. Brandon did not. Yes. I didn't check how much money I won from that, actually. The, yeah, the, the, by the way, I just want to point out, anybody that saw the kick of destiny from Gronkowski before the game, that looked super rigged. That that looked like it was missed intentionally. Okay, that's all I got to say. That that was sketchy. I, okay. I don't know what he was wearing. I think he, I, whether it was planned or not, as soon as I saw what he was wearing, I knew that he wasn't making the field goal. He's wearing a dumb old goofy helmet with full shoulder pads, but no like leg. I, I don't know. It was weird. It did look very odd. Uh, very, very strange. I don't think they put it in my account yet, which they said I would be able to see it today. So they lied. They I, okay. So before we wrap it up, does, did, did, did anybody see any commercials that, that they would like to talk about or chat about? I did not see one commercial this game, if I'm being honest. The only one that I can even remember is because I pointed it out to somebody else that we were watching with that we, that, that because they liked the, the E-Trade commercials with the babies talking. So I, I noticed it because of, because of them. That the, the, the oh. E Trade commercial with the babies playing tennis was really funny. No, they were playing pickleball. 
Are, were they playing, right, were they playing pickleball? Yeah. I thought they were playing tennis. Th- that was the whole point of the commercial. Was, oh. It was like, this is basically like tennis for babies oh, and yeah. old people. That's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was a good commercial, man. It's called Wiffle Tennis. Other than that, really, I, 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 I did see where they dropped the Deadpool 3 trailer, but they didn't do the full trailer as a commercial. They just said it's on YouTube now, the full trailer. I haven't went and looked at that yet, but I am super excited about that. So... What then? Was there a Doritos commercial? I didn't see any Doritos commercials. Did you see a Doritos commercial? I didn't see any commercial. Wow. I didn't see a Doritos commercial. Yeah, th- now that you say that, that's pretty crazy. Yeah. You were in the bathroom. What? I mean... I, I mean, I, I didn't go to the bathroom the whole time, and I didn't see any Doritos commercials. You can go to the bathroom the entire time. I use the bathroom like twice a day, dude. I don't need to use the bathroom during the Super Bowl. You just go twice a day? How much water do you drink a day? Well, during the summer, I go a lot more. Yeah, I'm bro. During the winter, it's it's a little little dehydration going on in the winter for sure. Dang, bro. But anyway, yeah. I, now that you say that, then that's crazy. Doritos, no commercial. That's odd. Hmm. I'm trying to think of some other typical uh, brands that are typically in the commercials. Like, was there an Allstate commercial this year? Or no, uh, no, no, no. Geico was doing with the caveman stuff back in the day. Yeah. I didn't see any Geico commercials either. Anyway. Huh. That is odd. Anyway, yeah, we're the wrong people to come to if you want to talk about commercials, to be honest. Commercials back in the day used to be actually worth actually setting down and blocking into. And this year, actually, I, I didn't lock into them, but it didn't seem like this was a bad year for them, though. From little, what little I, I saw. Usually, yeah. The past five years have been a disaster. For the ones that I did see, it did seem better than yeah. what it had been. Still not as good as they were back in the day. But anyway. All right. I'm ready to end this episode, guys. Are you guys ready to get out of here? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes, sir. Who's closing us out? What 6.9? What? A good thing ruined by period. Why do you got to do this, bro? Why you got to do this? <laughs>